Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Roll Podcast, uh, special edition. Um, coming here, I'm waiting for my good buddy Tom over at Relief to join in. Uh, but in the meantime, felt like uh, jumping on and talking about what's going on. It would be uh, crazy not to. And if it's just going to be me, I'll give you my take on it. Maybe there's some questions out there, but uh, you know we'll be doing this for about 15 minutes or so, and uh, hopefully Tom's able to join us. So um, last week. Uh, there was uh, Virtus Labs out of Lansing and uh, Bay City. Uh, the MRA issued a, a recall uh, on flour, all flour tested from them. And it was beginning of August up until, I believe, sometime in October, November. Sorry for the exact dates. And it sent shockwaves over the industry because there's claims that it's up to 60 or 70% of the flour tested, depending on who you believe, and Veritas had gone around talking to the Free Press and MLive and different uh, different uh, um, publications, saying that, hey, they've been, they were the, uh, uh, they did test 60, 70% of the flour. So the MRA has been kind of, uh, you know, um, mums the word, a little close lip on what exactly is. There's a lot of uh, theories out there, whether there's asper- aspergillus, uh, is it a mold issue, the way it was refrigerated, is it reporting? Um, on my end, um, you know, we've talked about it a lot here. We're all speculating, of course, but um, it's kind of one of the industry's worst-kept secrets. You go to Veritas uh, if you want high THC numbers. So um, that's one of the questions I kind of pose and think about is, uh, you know, why, what makes this lab new to the game so special? that they're testing 60 to 70% of the industry's flour. Uh, is it because everybody they're that great at business? Is it because uh, everybody loves cops? Hey, Tom. What's up, Tom? Hey, JP. But, hey, I'm just going to finish the thought here and let you jump in. But, you know, uh, just saying basically, like, uh, it's, to me, I, I look at why would one lab be testing 60 to 70% of the flour? Is it because everybody... They're that so good at business, better than everyone. Is it because they, um, you know, uh, they give great customer service? Uh, um, but like I just said, one of the worst worst uh, secrets in the in the industry is that they'll juice your THC. So um, uh, I just kind of hey guys, hey Kevin, thanks for joining as well. I just kind of kicked off and kind of gave the background to saying what what just happened. The MRA's kind of mums the word, and there's you know reports it could be aspergillus. THC, it could be uh, refrigeration, it could be reporting. Um, first of all, why don't I uh, uh, say thanks for coming on? And Tom, what's going on up there in Kalkaska? How's this uh, affecting you? Uh, Ryan, uh, we've been pretty busy uh, <clears throat> fielding, uh, making sure that we that our customers that we work with haven't really been affected. Uh, so if people have been, we wanted to make sure that they know that we have clean product <clears throat> that isn't affected. Uh, to first uh, help stock their shelves and then 
uh, obviously fielding phone calls from all over. You know, this is definitely widespread, affected a lot of people. Yeah. Thank you. Kevin, thanks for joining us. I know you're uh, you're getting that world-famous Willie's uh, escape cakes in the flowering right now. I can't wait to have that back. So you didn't have flour on the market. Uh, but uh, what, what are you hearing and um, what's, what's uh, kind of the blowback that you're seeing? So, um, you know, Tom, Tom, I mentioned that, that they haven't been, you know, affected all that much and, and you know, their, their people haven't really been affected. But the bottom line is, is that with this kind of thing happening, everybody's affected. You know, even though I didn't have flour on the market at the time, I'm affected, Tom's affected. You know, you take 64,000 pounds of marijuana and put it in or out of any market, it's going to have a direct effect on, on costs and supply and demand. And so even though your, your product may not have been caught up in the testing portion, you directly had an effect on your wholesale cost and price base based off of this flour in the balance, right? And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a frustrating deal. Uh, you know, I thought that, that we had a regulatory body in place to take care of things like this so that this wouldn't happen. This is a big black eye on the industry and um, we, we need some major changes because of this. This is, this is, this is really bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's been obviously uh, testing lab scandals isn't anything new in the rest of the country. Everyone knows that the labs that are willing to shop and, and get you the THC or, or do things, uh, they always, always do better. I'd heard about it, uh, you know, in the last decade in the different states. But you're right, it is a bad look. And, um, you know, this is something, speaking on that, but I, I'd like to get in the background and um, it's, this is, uh, you know, I remember back, I was in federal prison in 2014, and I got the, uh, got the newspaper sent to me in articles all the time. And uh, Michael Camorn had busted this case wide open with FOIAs with the Michigan State Police Crime Lab, or Crime Syndicate, whatever you want to call them, um, and with PAM, Prosecuting Association of Michigan, and Ken Stecker, who I had been in many marijuana meetings with, uh, uh, back to 2010 when I first started getting involved with Cannabis Patients United. So what they did was in Michigan, uh, Pam and, and uh, the State Police Crime Lab, Greg Mashad, who is the owner of, of uh, Virtus, they really, con uh, you know, colluded and they went back and forth and said, hey, you know, like this edible, this, uh, this con any concentrate, a vape cart, hash, anything, uh, shatter, real popular in 14, anything that isn't flour, well, you can say that it's synthetic THC because how are you going to know that it came from real marijuana flour? Now, in those emails that were FOIA'd, you got the actual state scientists saying, hey, this is, what are you guys even talking about? This makes no sense. Like, pe innocent people are going to go to jail. This isn't the intent. And they basically told them to bugger off. And... They went on and shopped it to prosecutors because uh, some prosecutors, like in New County, wouldn't touch it because it's BS. But more conservative prosecutors on the west side of the state did, and they went in raiding people. Um, you know, guns drawn, kicking in doors over maybe a brownie or an edible um, or RSO for your for your kid or your grandpa or for yourself. That was happening too. And there's people. Max Lorenz is the, the kind of the famous case that blew it open. But he, he just had a, a, a little bit of that. Personal, it was totally legal. Uh, and he had his son taken away for two years by CPS, two years. Um, and this is who's responsible for that because they wanted uh, to change the law that we had passed and, and help get more prosecutions and get more people in jail and get more people in the system. 
Fast forward, 2016, 17, the MMFLA, I mean, the Michigan uh, MMFLA uh, gets passed, and uh, Veritas, I'm hearing about it, is, is got uh, in Lansing, and they're bragging about it because it's all the state police, and it's these same people who figure it out. And it's right there in Frandor on Saginaw. I pass it every day. I, I, my wife knows all about this lab because anytime she's with me, I drive by, I swear at them, I get mad because I remember this. And, um, and fast forward, that's who's running this lab, and they have a history of breaking the rules, um, showing kind of low moral character uh, in other aspects, and never really getting their hand slapped. So, um, you know, from day one, I, it, like, not testing with Veritas has cost me some deals. People have, uh, when I went out and, and talked to other growers, I'd say, I'd like, I can't have Veritas on my package. I'll never do it. Um, the response I would get is, well, I need to get them for the high THC. Uh, that's what sells. So, and that's just, that's been said to me over and over. So it's really pissed me off. It puts people like us at a disadvantage that don't use them because they're the people that 60, 70% of the state that uses them is going to have artificially high THC numbers. And what else that's done that's caused a lot of damage is now it's made this artificial THC craze in Michigan where the consumer thinks that 28 is normal or 23, even though it's, it's junk weed. Maybe it's remediated and it's, it's artificially high. And it's really hurt the education in Michigan as well, and they're, they're partially uh, responsible for that. So, um, you know, I've I, I rambled on a little bit, but that's kind of my history lesson on it and why, um, you know, it, uh, I'm not surprised, like, uh, at all. Like, if you get away with 20, 30 years of your career breaking the rules and getting it covered up, and then, you know, like, this is a, and then you, you, you're in the habit of doing it still. It's not like they just started to decide to screw around like this. So it's really a black eye, too, on the, uh, on the whole, like, the state of Michigan's, like, you know, crime lab and then the state police, in my opinion, because um, we know that's, like, we've been around it. We know what's going on with that, and um, they were a part of it, and this is, uh, this is the people that were, were running it. So that's my thoughts. Tom, it looks like you want well, to say something. Yeah, well, it's kind of corporate cannabis's dirty little secret when it comes to total yeast and molds, uh, mold <laughs> remediation um, of product, which is something I want to speak to. Um, I, I, I believe that the time has come to have a discussion about safety and products and everything um, and standards. I mean, there's standardization of these, of these tests and everything. So we have to really start leaning on the fact that we can't just have these large corporate grows with these huge flower rooms where it's almost impossible to mitigate any type of mold. So what a lot of companies will do is they will um, remediate their product, which means um, they will either use things like radiation, a machine that uses radiation to kill all active mold and fun fungal spores and, um, and bacterial um, cells on the plant so they don't grow in a petri dish when they run their um, when they run testing on it or they will also use um, an ozone generating machine all these things what they do is they they decontaminate the the flower surface so that when it comes to testing that the plating method that we use a non q um, 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 pcr yeah. oh my gosh why am i still Thank you. Yes, qPCR uh, methods in order to determine if we have contamination of yeast and molds. Well, um, if you're using 
you're basically just killing anything on the on the leaf surface but those mold spores are still there so people that have you know autoimmune issues or anything like that they shouldn't be exposed to any of these things um, at all so really these machines any product that's out on the market should have an indication on the packaging that this product has been remediated so the end consumer is educated and they know what they're purchasing uh, really is it's these massive grows when you when you don't have your your rooms under control you have to turn to these types of uh, methods in order to keep your product from from failing microbial tests and essentially that's what we're looking at here we're looking at an aspergillus uh, issue which um, technically is everywhere in the environment but it is so it's so dangerous that if it's found in a sample <clears throat> it is an automatic fail presence doesn't matter it has no um, there's no there's no limit if it's a it's a pass fail if it's there or not so aspergillus is very is, is really the thing under you know is the big public health problem that i want to talk about but yeah i mean juicing up thc numbers just creates this artificial um desire for something that isn't really necessarily you know important to to the product so um I don't know. I, th I think we really need to start looking at, you know, public safety. We, they, a lot of people want to go after caregivers and everything, and that was the big MCMA argument, right? That right. it's a health concern. You know, the children are going to get a hold of it, or it's a health concern for people because their product's not tested. Well, see what happens when product is tested, and the players aren't being held accountable. And how long? How long did the investigation go on for that that this product was allowed to go out onto the market? Of course, yeah, and how long to go. And, and obviously we know this whole caregiver thing isn't safe as a whole ruse. We know like they're, that the MCMA just wants to get rid of home growers. There's a lot of those companies are for sale, and the big boys, the public companies, the big M&As are seeing aren't going to purchase them. They literally say, no, you have to get, like, there's too many caregivers. We don't want your market. It's too competitive. It's too competitive. So they, they, they went under the guise of safety, but now... I think they've opened up a can of worms because they like for a lot of these companies, their SOP is to remediate before they even send it to testing. So, um, like you said, Tom, how do they get it under control? They just remediate everything, and then they send it up to most of these went to Viridis. So you get remediated dark. I don't know cannabis that you know that's 28 percent, 27 percent. It's disgusting. Um, if we really want to talk about safety, I mean, how many consumers out there would want to know if their cannabis was zapped or microwaved? Let's put it on the bag. Um, let's let's do that. Let's let's talk about safety if you want to talk about it. So, uh, you know, it's they're the big the big mouths on this and all that, and most of them tested with with Viridis, and most of them remediate. So, um, you're right. You're right. Time to time to uh, time to do something about it. Yeah, guys, you know, um, to the to the basis of all this, I've been complaining about testing since day one, and we're we're about to see a major major back backhaul in testing. Tom, you're going to be affected, I'm sure, at some point because whoever you're testing with, they're going to get backlogged with all these tests, and you're going to get pushed out six weeks like we were in the beginning, um, and then people Better aren't gonna, and then people aren't <laughs> going to get flour on their shelf for two months, and you know, it's just it, the whole thing's ridiculous. You know, um, I've complained about 
the testing standards from day one. Uh, we've seen, uh, you know, tests where they they test something for microbials and it's at 170,000 CFU for and, and fails. And then you have a retest and you get a, a zero and then, you know, 2,500, you know, like, I mean, it, it, the, the, the results are completely all over the place. Uh, from testing facility to testing facility. Uh, the THC content, you could break a button, half send it in, and you'll get two different numbers. We've, we've done the test many a times when I was uh, was running the dispensary. And, and and so there's major change that needs to be, be done here. You, you can't have one cog in the wheel disrupt the system this bad, especially, you know, when you go back to the basis of this, you know, uh, people aren't dying from marijuana, you know, so, the, the 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 extent of what we're we're caused to have to do to get this stuff to market and get it to consumers is 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 unreal and and then you've got the part where you know you've got this stuff that's been that's sent for testing it's now been sitting for six weeks at your facility uh it's not tested again before it goes to the retail so in that six weeks if it's stored improperly you can still have mold on it you then send it to the retail even if it doesn't have mold then and then it gets to the retail and sits there for six weeks and gets more you know i mean like what are they preventing is is i guess what i'm what i'm what i'm getting at well i think you'll see some of that change uh when things eventually do go federal anyway because there's going to be more um uh you're gonna have to have quality um control methods and testing and verification methods of your of your uh, the way that you you know you clean your facility the way you handle pro products and the way that you package everything uh, are going to be uh, heavily regulated even more so so i mean <clears throat> really yeah you're right down the chain down the stream of um the chain of custody of these products i mean you have after yeah you have post testing packaging then you have whether it goes to bulk flour to deli style provisioning centers or you're packaging it in, into pre-packaged eights yep. or or whatever you still have the handling of that product prior to that and then you also have uh, people at the dispensaries that are handling so if if there is an issue um, with retesting i mean how do you prove that the source of the retest i mean the mra will come through and they will take random samples just to make sure that things are passing uh, at least that's what i've been told um, so, but how do you tell at what point in the chain of custody that the failure happened? Well, uh, you, there are grows that are infested with aspergillus and other is systemic issues too. So you have to be able to detect when places have these types of issues. So what, what kind of standards do you put in place to ensure that people are actually growing in sanitary conditions and pr providing safe products? I get it. The metric at which we define safety is not correct in my opinion i agree with you kevin but i do also believe we have to have some kind of uh standard of of safety because mycotoxins would be my first choice of what we should be testing for because yeast and mold on on anything is not necessarily inherently harmful to people it's what's produced in order to you know the mycotoxins that are produced by these mold spores that can create issues for people and uh, you know those are the types of things that we should be testing for not necessarily how how much yeast and mold is present on a sample um you know it is a it is a slippery slope and michigan has some of the most stringent testing standards in the country uh, but you're right people aren't dying from from smoking weed i mean i you know from growing in the basement all the way to here i mean we're still yet to have any any real issues and you know that's been quite some time yeah, and i i would hope 
uh, on uh, Kevin's point on the, the backup of the labs, uh, that uh, whoever, you know, the, the people that, you know, like, like Tom and uh, Driven and, you know, everyone else, uh, Kevin, that have gone with other labs and not gone for the high THC based on whoever, whatever reason, um, um, us showing that loyalty to those labs, I would think that they take care of us completely first before start bringing in the, the, the Viridis products and gaining new customers. So that's what I've seen so far um, um, with ours and, you know, even the, the transport too. It's a heyday for the transport companies. Um, uh, it can be. We've had no issues. Our stayed completely on point as we, we deliver every Thursday and we deliver now because it's uh, Thanksgiving week. So appreciate, appreciate that and appreciate uh, those companies um, doing that. Uh, so uh, I guess we're going to see it. I don't think this is going to like go anywhere anytime soon. It's a, it's a mess out there. And I'm hearing that a lot of these vendors, I mean, the uh, say the growers, um, uh, the retailers are calling and they're not getting even calls back or answers. So it's a lot of confusion. Uh, I think the MRA probably needs to do a better job of explaining it to everyone and what's going on. But um, it's not... It's not uh it's not just gonna go away um anytime soon uh so uh yeah tom you got something yeah i, I just thinking about the the recalls and you know who's responsible for what uh, the state requires as part of our um as part of our insurance uh, liability package is that we have a product liability clause and i'd like to see how that is actually going to be handled because yeah. we're, we're being solicited by uh insurance companies say hey we now have this don't don't let this affect your company it's like well know, actually it's required it by the state <laughs> but i think it is only like around like a hundred thousand dollars in coverage i mean that barely begins to scratch the surface of no. what could potentially happen in a situation right. like this so what happens to the beardist do they weather the storm do they pay one off do they um um you know does their their insurance cover all this and then the reinsurance kick in and is it conifer and is it they really being tested this time because holy smokes would this be a large claim and and uh this is probably going to affect if, if, if there is a big claim covered testing lab rates are going to go up for everybody um and that's just that's just it they're gonna they're gonna make that back just like uh any any industry that has high claim rates and uh, i guess if you have bad actors in your state doing stuff like this then uh, everyone's going to suffer because the higher the insurance rates go the higher the test costs go they're just not going to do it and uh not pass it along or not make money so um you know i guess we're, we're, we'll see on that it's fascinating it's a fascinating it's probably it's the biggest marijuana recall right in the regular market i think in the history of the world which you know being kind of you know, grandiose, but it, it is, um, and we're in the middle of it, and the week before, uh, probably the biggest sales week in, in the state, you know, we got Green Wednesday, we got Black Friday, we got Thanksgiving, everyone's back, so just a huge, huge boomerang, or, uh, you know, turn, a path, uh, whatever you want to talk, it, that nobody, I mean, some people might have called it, but I wasn't expecting it. So hey, I want to want to touch base real quick on on some things that I've that I've heard and in no way or shape or form am I defending Virtus in this whole scenario. But so I have I've heard um, that uh, earlier this uh, I believe it was this year there was a recall uh, based on um, on some handling of some chocolate products 
And, and it was my understanding that um, the process in which that happened was based off of a, uh, a threat to the MRA of litigation over an incident that happened prior to that. Um, and then days later, um, the MRA raided their facility and made a whole big deal on recalling product and, and, and made a huge issue out of it. Um, now, it's my understanding with this issue, um, I wasn't privy to the, the meeting that the representatives from Veritas had with the dispensary owners about uh, what had happened. But, it, but from my understanding of what I was told, the claim is being made that um, Veritas had pushed back on the state about some earlier fines that they had received and some bad PR over their activities. And a few days later, the state raided their facility and this whole thing has now snowballed. And they claim that this is retribution uh, from, from pushback that they've given to the state on what's going on. Now, uh, if there's any validity to that, if there's any validity to that, um, the state is rolling the dice in, right. in, in a huge way because um, if that's the case and with the, the ramifications that are happening with what's going on, um, if the state at some point is held accountable for what is happening, uh, what does that look like and how does that affect our industry and how our industry operates and where does those funds come from to cover these expenses? And, uh, you know, I hope to God that that's not the case and that there's a lot of legitimacy behind all of this and this isn't a game of, uh, you know, a pissing contest. I want uh, this, this industry deserves to be ran in a fashion that's fair and equitable for everybody. And it's not about beating chests and it's not about being who's the biggest and the baddest. It, you know, I think it's about providing a good product to the people, yeah. a safe product. And, and if, if we're going to allow things like this to completely disrupt, um, you know, we, we really need to take a look at, at how it's being run. You know, I heard that too, Kevin, but I, I look at it and like, all right, they got to say something. And what are they going to say? Um, and for me, if I know somebody is as a history of, of shady activities or a history of, in my opinion, lying, you know, like, oh, we're just going to start believing them now uh, like this. It's just strange to me. How do you test 60, 70 percent of the market? How does that happen to flower? You know, I mean, it's. So like it, it and maybe maybe it is maybe it's not but maybe there maybe there are getting a lot of complaints I'm sure there's a lot of labs complaining about it um, you know I'm sure it'd be like you know you guys are growing and the other grower gets to well, who knows gets to use like uh, you know you you guys use T5s and they get to use uh, you know all all the, the new LEDs something else it's not it's not so I don't know but it, I also kind of kind of kind of humorous and ironic that the uh, the people that used to to, to raid people and, and when you talk back at them, say maybe, uh, I know personally, when you talk back about the police, they come and they kick your ass and yeah, you get on, like, welcome to the real world. That's how this shit works. You've been doing it to people forever. So, I mean, the state's never been held accountable for doing it otherwise and they and now you got away with it. So maybe, I don't know, maybe the state is doing it, but in the history, they don't get held accountable. But guess what? That's right. how it works. Welcome to our sandbox. Yeah. We have to play by the rules now. Guess what? <laughs> Somebody's. Uh, it is. It is very ironic and somewhat poetic in a way. But I don't like to, you know, wish any ill will on anyone, and we hate to see anyone affected by this, especially people that were unaware yeah. of the, yep. you know, the possibility that things may not have been handled the way that they needed to be. Um, I can't really speak to that, but uh, honestly. 
you know, as soon as my, the hairs go up on my neck about something and you hear stories and they could just be rumors, you know, but um, you, the best thing to do is, is, is to back away from those situations and not get involved. Yeah. Yeah, you know, guys, um, I do, I do want to point out, too, that um, this is an immense recall. This is a huge $200 million worth of product, right? Um, the information that we're getting from the MRA is is so minimal, it's almost impossible for people to figure out what's happening or how to navigate this right now. Uh, that, to me, is a huge red flag from the state, in my, in my opinion, when we're talking about you trusting things and, and who's at fault in these situations. They are giving zero information to people, and every day, every minute that goes by without information is breaking people. The small players are, are, are going to have major problems going into the holiday season because of this. And um, I just think it's irresponsible to say that Viridis is back open and operating and willing to do testing without any explanation whatsoever about what is actually happening is, is, is to me is strange, real strange. Good, it's good point, unacceptable. Kevin. Good point. Cause there are, there are a lot of good, you know, people I know that did use them and, um, and weren't aware. Um, um, you know, it, it is, it is what it is, or maybe they were just trying to hold on and do it. But just talking to the stores this week, even like, you know, some stores, you know, they just, they might be 60, 70, 80% of Viridis tested stuff. They weren't expecting to have to like, just get, you know, like buy another 100 grand, 200 grand, whatever it is, uh, amount of flour. So even though some stores don't, haven't even figured out how to buy more product, even though they desperately need it because it was, it was audit season, taxes are coming up, like it's, you know, prices dropped for a lot of these guys already. So it really is, is, is bad timing for, for that as well. So I do, I do feel for that. Uh, and, and those growers that, you know, are, you know, all of a sudden have this money tied up or they're getting demanded that they refund this. And, you know, like they just got going and they're going grow to grow. They finally got going, bootstrapped everything. You know, one, one bad crop is catastrophic for people that aren't backed by lots and lots of money so it is it is sad and then i didn't realize it's that little of information as i'm not a licensee well uh that gets the information kevin so um yeah i mean Tommy, there, is, there you, aren't any resources either yeah you feel there are the no same, resources you, out there for us to tell us you feel but, the same way right tom yeah i mean i'm not i'm not oh, yeah, man. exaggerating oh no, right? for yeah, sure yeah, no yeah. i mean no i mean it's it Rob. the ramifications are huge you know and yeah kind of forgot my original point but uh yeah it, it, it's obviously huge and oh there's no standard in which we can tell you know if the lab that we're working with is on the up and up with the mra or there's yeah. there any kind of heads up that maybe these labs that you're working with um maybe under investigation or anything is there a way for us to know that who we're working with is safe i mean i trust who we who we test with 100 percent, and we even go farther enough to get air quality sand we sample our air quality weekly in every single room in all of our facilities to ensure that we're not noticing any trends in microbials or anything just because it is such an important thing for people to have you know access to clean products so yep. without any of that data if we were to see some something like this happen to our products and we didn't have any kind of data to back up that we actually know for the past 10 months we have been testing all of our facility just to ensure because you got to stay ahead of the curve but those are extra um, expenses that we pay for and we don't transfer over to the customer or anything but we just want to make sure that we're doing the right thing 
Um, I mean, I think these are all things people should be thinking about. Um, if you're not paying attention to the trends in your facility, just because you have a grow and you and you and you put out product, uh, if you're not taking the right, you know, um, steps to ensure that what you're growing is of a high quality and passes testing, and uh, then and you don't know what's happening inside your facility, then you're putting yourself at great risk for something like this to happen. Yeah, I I agree, and uh, uh, I know I, before you guys got on, I said I was going to get on for about 15 minutes, so uh, I know we got some hard outs here, and we're going to rock out, and uh, just so everybody knows, we will be. Uh, back on tomorrow with uh, Roberta King to talk about uh, the different um, uh, events she's done with cannabis already, the marketing, and also tomorrow is uh, Redemption and Farmhouse is doing a uh, Felons Feeding Families. Myself and Casey, our uh, owner of Farmhouse, are felons, and we've got about we've got 100 turkeys, uh, needy families in need. And we've got stuffing, and we got all types of stuff. And Chris Silva's back uh, doing a vendor day there. So, um, you know, we're going to have that. It'll be a fun show tomorrow. And uh, just wanted to jump on and talk about the lab stuff. It's, it's, really, uh, uh, it's really historic. And, you know, the ripple effect is going to be interesting. And from an economic theory, I, for a practical standpoint, I always, you know, this is uh, it's fascinating. Um, it just, uh, you know, any, everyone that's uh, been affected by it and didn't, uh, you know, didn't didn't really uh, um, maybe be, wasn't a part of the problem. You know, it's uh, hang in there, uh, and uh, hopefully we we can get through it. So, uh, Tom, any final thoughts? No, man. Just uh, see you guys tomorrow. I'm glad we're gonna jump on one more time before the holidays. And yeah, uh, yeah. If anyone, you know, if anyone's out there and they're affected by this thing and they didn't see it coming, they're blindsided. You know, I feel really bad for anyone, especially if there seemed a little bit of gloating earlier about that because there's nothing really funny about it. But <clears throat> really, um, you know, I suggest forming a strong relationship with with the labs that you're using and always test your their baselines too. We're always testing our the labs that we used in order mm -hmm. with other labs to make sure that they're still, you know, in line to make sure that these tests, because they have to mean something, right? Yeah. So, you know, relationships. Kevin. Yeah, I feel like, you know, this is very similar to the pandemic with, uh, you know, shortages of masks and gloves and all that stuff, like, and just not being prepared. Um, I think that this is something that the state didn't obviously anticipate and didn't have a prepared plan in place for a recall of this size and what the, the plan was going to be to communicate to the purveyors. Um, that being said, you know, Tom had mentioned um, with his air sampling and all that stuff, staying ahead uh, with his business plan. I think that this brings up some really good topics on liability uh, between uh, testing facilities, the transporter. You know, if I have a fresh frozen transport and it's heading up to Kalkaska and the truck breaks down for four hours, who's liable? Uh, if if uh, if I don't if I don't have air conditioning in my in my truck and the and the terpenes get cooked off and, and transported in my prepackaged flour, who's who's liable? You know, so um, I think this is this is going to be a question for lawyers. Uh, you're going to see people drafting up contracts for testing and for transport and 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 for uh, you know sales to dispensaries and and uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see it play out. But uh, yeah, excited for tomorrow and uh, yeah, had fun today. All right, yeah, thanks guys for jumping on and. Uh... Um, just another day in Michigan cannabis, year 12 for, for me. So it's, uh, it's always a roller coaster, never know what's going to happen. Uh, with that, we'll see you tomorrow.
The Smoking Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.